It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm James Rapine, and welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. It is great to be with you, coming at you from my basement, unable to record. It's heck, it's 12:30 on uh, Monday morning, just crossed midnight here, where the Bengals they've lost 45 to 10. Plenty on the game, plenty of thoughts on the game, but uh, recording in uh, in my basement on the bar, looking at. Uh, Captain Morgan and Jack Daniels and Makers and a few others. I'm sure maybe some of you might have turned to the bottle after you watched that awful, awful football game tonight. We will discuss that on today's podcast. But, uh, yeah, people are sleeping in my house, so I'm not going to be able to use the studio I normally use in my office. So we're coming at you from the basement. But uh, plenty to discuss, plenty to reflect on, plenty to talk about. Bengals lose 45-10 to 10 before we dive into their – loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. A quick reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. This is the only Bengals podcast out there. There's only one that comes at you daily. It's Locked on Bengals, so make sure you share it with every single one of the the Bengals fans that you know and uh, let them know where it is, and a five-star review on iTunes is always appreciated. Let's dive into this game. And normally I say this is a post-game edition of the Locked on Bengals podcast. Whether it's win, lose, or draw, that's just what I call this one, the Sunday edition. This podcast is different. This this, this isn't just a post-game podcast. This isn't just the post-game edition podcast. This is the let the doubt creep in your mind podcast because you, me, and everybody else who thought this team could potentially surprise people when they were four and one having a span of seven days went from four and one to four and three from first place 
to second place. The Steelers didn't play this week, but because of percentage points, are in first right now in the AFC North. This is the primetime struggles continue edition of the Locked on Bengals podcast. Let's dive into the game. If you listen to this podcast regularly, if you listen last week, what was I, what were some of the things I was harping on? That whether I wrote about it at lockedonbengals.com, maybe I talked about it on the podcast, hell, maybe I did both because I like to beat things to death. I totally understand that. I harp on things. I like to stress and show you and let you know what I'm most focused on. What was I focused on? Well, the first thing was getting Joe Mix in the damn ball and getting him in a position to have success. Well, the Bengals gave him 13 rushing uh, attempts. He also had uh, five targets, so 18 possible touches for Joe Mixon. 50 yards on the ground, another one yard receiving. Joe Mixon was bad tonight. I'm not saying the offensive line didn't have something to do with it. I sure as hell I'm not saying Bill Lazor didn't have something to do with it. I'm not sure there's a, a player or coach having a worse two weeks than Bill Lazor. He was awful tonight. But Joe Mixon wasn't that good tonight. And that's where I'll start because I thought the key to this game was not stopping Kansas City's offense because I don't think the Bengals could stop Kansas City's offense. Hell, last week I asked Jesse Bates in the middle of the Bengals locker room, hey, man, with an offense as good as, as they are in, in the Kansas City Chiefs, do you guys like not worry about them scoring? I said that to an NFL football player. Yeah, as a defensive player, are you guys just kind of okay with them scoring and you're just going to kind of pick your spots? That's how good the Chiefs offense is, and they showed it tonight. I thought one way to kind of uh, neutralize that, kind of even the playing field, would be sustain long, drawn-out drives with Joe Mixon and pound, pound, and pound some more this Kansas City Chiefs defense. That did not happen. In fact, the Bengals had a whopping 15 total first downs. Their net yards, 239 to the Chiefs, 551. They only had 54 offensive plays and averaged 4.4 yards per play. How does that stack up against the Chiefs? The Chiefs averaged 7.9 yards per play. The Chiefs were 75% on third down. Think about that. They were 9 of 12. 9 of 12. How many of you could make 9 out of 12 free throws right now? The Chiefs are doing that on third down in the NFL. They ran 70 offensive plays. They ran for nearly 200 yards. They passed for 353 yards. I just, I look at this team. By the way, the Chiefs did not punt tonight. The room for error was so thin. It was so small. And the pressure was on the offense. I'm not – I'm going to be critical of the defense in a second, and I'm going to talk about Vontez Perfect in a second. But this offense put up 10 points. I, I mean, what did you expect? This offense scored 10 points. You can't go to Kansas City and score 10 points. You can't go to Cleveland these days and score 10 points. You can't go to a, a Little League football peewee game and score 10 points and expect to win. With the way these rules are in the NFL, teams are going to score. And that's where it leads me to Bill Lazor because I have no idea what the hell he's doing. None. Think about this target share. Think about this. A.J. Green has 14 targets. I'm fine with that. I'm never going to complain that A.J. Green is being targeted too much. No one else got targeted. 
Cody Core had three targets. Tyler Boyd had four targets. CJ Uzama had two. Joe Mixon had five. Matt Lingo had one. John Ross had one. Alex Erickson had two. And I'm tired of the one. Joe Mixon wasn't good tonight, but it doesn't seem like the Bengals are putting him in a great position to have success. He shouldn't have three receptions for one yard. Can we find a way to get the ball to Joe Mixon in space maybe once in a while? And speaking of getting the ball in space to someone, anyone going to figure out a way to use John Ross? Because I am so sick and tired of getting people tweeting me like, hey, where's your boy John Ross? It's the Bengals' fault right now. You know what? Hey, dear Mike Brown, you might want to just release John Ross so he can go somewhere where they might figure out how to use him. It is ridiculous ridiculous he gets one target it's deep downfield he clearly gets interfered with and that's it for him now he pulled his groin at the end of the game and he didn't return and I wonder you know what the case was there but he's just he's not getting enough snaps and in an offense that was struggling from the jump I mean from the very beginning it was like oh god this is what we're going to deal with tonight and that's what it was I mean, the, the one touchdown drive they had, and I tweeted about it, it looked difficult. It looked hard against that Kansas City Chiefs defense that came in getting shredded by every team, by all of the teams. All of the teams were shredding them like they were going through a paper shredder. Okay, that's what was happening. And Andy Dalton and that Bengals offense went in there in took the Kansas City Chiefs' worst defense in history by multiple metrics, including yards given up, et cetera, through six weeks, and, and allowed them to look good. And it's on Bill Lazor uh, for not putting this it, – it's on Bill and Andy, mostly Bill, though. I don't know what he's doing. I, I don't know what the hell he's doing over the past two weeks. I have no idea. None. Zero. Zilch. And I won't know. Here's what I do know. If they don't fix their offensive issues, they're in trouble. I, we've been talking about the defense, and the defense has been such a focus. I don't give a damn about the defense. You better go back home to Paul Brown Stadium and score 30-plus next week. You're not beating Tampa scoring 25. You are not. And I know Cleveland almost did today. You could say whatever you want. Tampa Bay is really good on offense. Don't believe me? Ask Deshaun Jackson. Ask Mike Evans. That team can play. That offense can play. And the Bengals' offense was awful. I mean, it, it was just, it was dreadful. And I, I don't know what the hell was going on with this team going into primetime games. It's not just that the Chiefs are good. And people took that wrong on Twitter. And if you saw me, I said, well, the Chiefs are really, really good. And people were like, oh, well, stop making excuses. I'm not making any excuses. That, that's just the reality of it. That being said, the Bengals didn't show up tonight. They did not show up on Sunday night football with a chance to have that literally would be tied for the best record in the AFC. They would literally have the opportunity and chance to win everybody over. Everyone from you to me to anyone in Cincinnati to your aunt who doesn't pay attention or give a damn about the Bengals. Everyone would have been praising the Bengals and they came out there and they laid an egg. They came out there and they didn't show up. They shouldn't have even went to Arrowhead. They shouldn't have wasted Mike Brown's money flying all the way down there for what? You fly to Kansas City for what? To do that, you shouldn't have went. You shouldn't have went. I'm going to take a drink real quick of my water here. 
It's just ridiculous. It, it honestly, it, and I don't blame the fans. I don't blame you one damn bit for being embarrassed. I don't blame you one damn bit for ripping Marvin, for ripping this team, for being frustrated, for being sick and disgusted because you got your hopes up just to get let down again. You know what it, it feels like? It feels like you got stood up on a Sunday night. That's what it, oh, you had this big date. You get excited. You're looking forward to it all weekend. Think about that. I was looking forward to watching this game all weekend. Now, I didn't even think they were going to win. I didn't. And you heard my prediction on, on Thursday's podcast. But with that being said, I thought it'd be a good game. I thought Andy Dalton would show up. Instead, we got Blandy Dalton. I thought Bill Lazor would show up. Instead, he's playing like it's, he's literally calling plays like it's 2017 again. It must be 2017 in Bill on Bill Lazor's calendar. Hey, Marvin, get his ass a new calendar. It's just, this is, it, it, it's, it makes you sick as a, as a fan. I totally understand it. And it bothers me because the last thing I want to do is come on and rip them to shreds. And that's what we're going to do. Because I, I have no Andy Dalton's 15 of 29. There is no defending that. That The interception was ridiculous. And he threw almost probably two or three more that the Chiefs, the Butterfinger Chiefs, they probably had candy bars on the sideline. They didn't catch. Andy was awful. He was awful today. Tonight. Last night, technically, because it's 1237 as I'm recording this. Just dreadful. No creativity on offense. 10 total points. Let's go through all of the the stats here. And the crazy part is the time of possession wasn't that crazy. 33, uh, the, the Chiefs possessed it for 33 minutes and 43 seconds. The Bengals possessed it for 26 minutes and 17 seconds. Bengals punted five times. Chiefs zero. Both teams turned the ball over once. The Bengals passed it for a whopping 174 passing net passing yards. Think about that. My God. Their net rushing yards, 65. 65. Didn't show up. Speaking of not showing up, <laughs> let's talk about the defense. Let's talk about the defensive line. And let's talk about number 55, Vontez Perfect. I wrote about him. I talked about him. I said how this was an opportunity. And instead, Vontez Perfect struck out. He whiffed. He couldn't make tackles. He got ran over. And I got to tell you, I don't think he's worth it. I'll talk to I'll talk to you about Vontez Perfect in just a second. But first, a word from my bookie. Because where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you took the over tonight, I am sorry. Last I saw, the over was 58 and a half. The Bengals let you down. 45. It was 45-10. The Bengals let you down. Still, my bookie is where it's at. I bet their NBA is in full bloom. Maybe you want to bet on the, the World Series. I love betting on NBA, by the way. College basketball coming up. Obviously, we're in college football and NFL season. They have all types of different betting. Live game betting, in-game betting. You can bet the over-under on number of fantasy points that your team is going to score, and you can do it with MyBookie online. Go right now, check out MyBookie. You can use their, their mobile website as well. Their mobile website's awesome. Really easy to use, nice browser, um, and, and it makes it really simple to lay down money and win big. All you got to do is go there, MyBookie online, use promo code LOCKEDON25, and they're going to match your initial deposit dollar for dollar again. 
MyBookieOnline, promo code LOCKEDON25, and they're going to match your initial deposit dollar for dollar. And, uh, yeah, you play, you win, you get paid with MyBookie. Again, promo code LOCKEDON25. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. I don't know where the hell Vontez Perfect was tonight. Will, will someone send a surge party for him? I bet that man, I heard he likes to play Fortnite. I bet you Perfect stayed in Cincinnati, sent a twin, and his ass was playing Fortnite the whole time because there's no way he was playing football. That dude didn't play football tonight. I don't know what the hell he was doing, but he wasn't. That was not football. That was not football. Uh, I just, this defense, there's so many things to talk about. But Perfect is supposed to be good, I thought. I thought Vontez Perfect was supposed to be this really physical, dirty, tough football player. He looks soft tonight. I'm dead. What else would you call it? What else would you call it? If you see missed tackle after missed tackle after missed tackle other than soft. There's one play where I, I saw Perfect really like go find the ball and make a nice play on it. And it was a screen pass. And he grabbed the ankle of, it wasn't Kareem Hunt. It was Spencer Ware, I believe. I believe it was 32 Spencer Ware. And, and he held him in the backfield, didn't allow him to, to get upfield. Outside of that, Kareem Hunt broke a tackle. Multiple other defenders broke, or uh, offensive players for Kansas City broke a tackle that, that Perfect was in on. You're playing soft, 55. And don't tell me, don't give me an excuse for him. There are none. And, and I hope he's healthy. I know he went down with an injury. He was limping. I saw that. Um, I didn't see him back on the field, so hopefully he's okay. Uh, as far as health goes, John Ross, I, I assume, re-aggravated a groin injury. He didn't return. He left with a groin and did not return. I assume it's the same groin injury that has kept him out the past couple of weeks. Groins are tough. Once you pull them, they're tough. You don't want them to linger. Um, it's not like the Bengals use John Ross anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I just, I don't get it. I don't get it with 55. This was his opportunity. This was his chance. And he didn't show up. Two tackles. Th think about that. Perfect had two tackles. He had more missed tackles than he did tackles. Seriously. I, I don't know what else to say there. Um, I, I will say this, Dre Kirkpatrick, make the tackle on Kareem Hunt on the first drive of the game. Kareem Hunt breaks that tackle, jumps over Jesse Bates, and gets inside the five-yard line. I believe that was the first uh, first drive of the game. It's just tough, man. 
It, it really is. It is just tough. Jesse Bates and Sean Williams both finished with a combined 12 tackles, which isn't good because those are your two safeties. <laughs> Not good at all. Jordan Willis had a missed tackle, big missed tackle on Kareem Hunt. William Jackson had a potential interception, hit him in the hands. This defense is reeling right now. That's what it is. They ran into a buzzsaw. I don't give them a pass at all, um, but they were going to give up points tonight. So the, the point output isn't what I was worried about as much or what, what bothers me. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs had a pick six, so they gave up 38 points. That was about what I expected. The problem is is you only forced one turnover. The game was already out of out of reach when you forced said turnover. And you really didn't do much. I mean, you had two sacks. Dunlap had a sack. Andrew Billings had a sack. The defensive line, not really there, not really getting after it, not making moves, not not being not making an impact. That's the key. The key with perfect, it's not numbers. I don't need 15 tackles. I need an impact. He didn't make an impact. That's the problem. Joe Mixon didn't have an impact on tonight's game. You know who did? Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, and Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins had an impact. This Bengals team is reeling. And I think this Tampa Bay game coming up is going to be much harder than most people realize. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Post-game interviews just came through. Up next, you're going to hear from Marvin Lewis, A.J. Green, and more as we roll on. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back into the Locked On Bengals podcast. Let's go to the Kansas City Chiefs visiting locker room at Arrowhead Stadium where there was a bunch of uh, unhappy players. The The Bengals fall 45-10 tonight. Dave Lapham and Dan Hoard talk with multiple different Bengals. Fortunately, I have those interviews. Let's hear them. First, let's hear from the head coach. Here is Dave Lapham with Marvin Lewis following the 45-10 loss to Kansas City. They uh, they obviously played pretty well tonight, uh, but tackling seemed to be an issue, you know, in this football game. A poor job of tackling tonight, and uh, you know, we have to do a better job. We knew that going in, that we needed to make sure we get guys around to the football and and, uh, and everybody keep coming, and uh, not just one person, but we had to do a better job of tackling. And then on the, on the flip side of it, offensively, uh, you know, that obviously didn't sustain as many drives as, as had been hoped right away. First uh, first drive of the game, three and out. Scandrick got away with a little grab on A.J., but, you know, you have to fight through those kind of things and move on. And they, uh, you know, they played better defense than they had shown. Well, we didn't do, you know, we, we did not, uh, first off, be able to, you know, you got to commit ourselves to being able to, first off, move the football by running the football. And, uh, you know, we didn't want to get into a throwing-type game uh, like that. And, uh, you know, uh, 
we, we didn't play well enough. We didn't execute well enough. We had to sustain, make first downs today. That was the key element. When you look at uh, the, the, the weapons that they have and the quarterback that they have and the way he's built and how he can do things, is that kind of like a prototype offense in today's NFL? Well, again, uh, I don't know how to evaluate their guys, but, uh, you know, they're playing good right now, and, and uh, we didn't play good enough tonight, tonight to beat them. But with, with that said, you know, it's, it's one game. Now you have to just, you know, lick your wounds and, and get ready for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers who, who won a close football game today against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, we got we to get better, and uh, we got to do it in a hurry, and uh, we got to understand we got to get our jobs done and, and get back at it. And I know, Coach, uh, you know, you want to play complimentary football all three phases and it seemed like it was, you know, non-complimentary for the most part tonight, even on special teams. Was that, was that a fake that was a border to what happened on that punt? We had a miscommunication and it shouldn't happen. Coach, uh, appreciate you carving time for us, giving us a summation of this, and uh, I know it's never easy. All right, thank you. I take it a lot of you are not happy with Marvin Lewis, and, um, well, at least you're not alone because I think plenty of fans – unhappy with the old ball coach who has lost they have not won on Sunday night football since 2004 when they won 16-13 against the Miami Dolphins in week two Carson Palmer's first home start at Paul Brown Stadium a very sloppy 16-13 victory that one was let's stick with Dave Lapham Dave Lapham caught up with A.J. Green after the game A.J. Green had seven receptions was one of the lone bright spots of the Bengals, maybe the only bright spot for the Bengals today. Seven receptions, 117 yards. Here's Dave Lapham with A.J. after the game. A.J., seven catches, 117 yards on the game. Skandrick, uh, right away, first third down, grabbed you. Just grabbed you right by the chest, no call. Did, did that give you an indi- any indication of what might be uh, going on for the night? Uh, we uh, we knew from coming in, they, they held a lot, so... Um, my job is to, you know, run through it, um, make the ref call it. Um, wasn't worried about the hole. Just told him, uh, you know, I'm just going to be here all day. Just got to run through it. It's fine. So. Um, Andy obviously continually went to you, seven catches for 117 yards. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs have been struggling defensively. Did they do anything differently than they've been doing prior to this football game that you guys saw on tape? Oh, yeah, because they didn't play a lot of press. Um I think I had that drive. I had a couple catches. They got out of it, uh, just pressing me and bailing, and then a lot of two men on my side. So, um, you know, they they switched up some things that we didn't see on film. And and at that point, I mean, uh, adjustments to what they were doing tough tough to do on the on the fly like that. Uh, it's just tough. Um, you know, we got behind, um, got behinds in the sticks, a couple drives, um, but you know we. You know, we didn't play good football. You know, I didn't, we didn't play good football. I didn't play good football this week. I mean, this week. So, just gotta go back to the drawing board um, and get back, get back on track. Thanks, AJ. Catch up with. Uh... It's tough. That's got to be tough for AJ Green. I just, it's it, it's tough because you knew once that that initial drive where I think AJ might have had five receptions, where the Bengals got within seven and it was fourteen seven in the second quarter. It felt like there were two or three Kansas City Chiefs on him for the rest of the game. Andy threw his way a couple more times, and there were multiple times where it was almost picked off. So it was just one of those things where they're like, all right, we're going to stop A.J. Green, beat us with someone else. And the Bengals were unable to do that. Bill Lazor unable to do that. The run game certainly wasn't a factor tonight. 
with Joe Mixon only rushing for 50 yards. A guy who was a factor, a player who I like. He had the game's uh, only touchdown, or the Bengals' only touchdown at least. C.J. Uzama. Uzama talked with reporters after the game. When this happens, is it as frustrating as a the NFL can be for a player when it's just gone completely sideways in a game like this. Yeah, I mean for sure, because uh, because um, you know it's, it's it's one thing I think personally if if a team just completely comes out and they're just flat better than you. It's another thing if a team comes out and we continue to hurt ourselves and you're just you're just thinking about it like, dang, well what you know, don't get this holding call, don't don't make us in third and, you know, 15, and, and the, the game changes, and that's the way I look at it, and I think that's the way all of us look at it, so um, it's, I think that's the most frustrating part is, is, you know, when we hurt ourselves, we can't expect to win a game like that, especially against a good team. I know the mood changes when you're, when you don't get a couple of wins, but do you notice, it was kind of seemed obvious you guys had a lot of fun the first five weeks, right. did you feel like these last two weeks, have, have there hasn't been as much of that to the, in preparation and even being out there. No, I think I think uh, I think you know last week for sure there was. I mean, I think I thought I thought all of us had fun. Um, I think this week because we got so far behind so early, you know, that kind of just took the wind out of our sails, um, and I think that's why kind of uh, it's tough to you know. 45 to 10 it's tough to be like all right come on guys let's go and um at that point you're fighting for pride and you're fighting to to not get embarrassed and um so I, I think that's the toughest part is um I, I think we're still having fun you know I I look at last week and I offensively you know going down that last drive I'm having fun I, I'm I'm all in and uh, I think you know the, the team was as well so um it's just this week it, or this game it, it's tough you know getting behind that that fast and that quick um to kind of have that you know that that swagger and that that uh that happy you know sideline smiles and, and things like that you almost gotta say i can't believe this keeps happening mason goes down i mean yeah, it's, just, it's just that's seems, tough, it's just tough luck in your room this i year. mean it's it's i mean we got the bug i, I don't know um that's tough man i i, I feel for him um because he's come he's come a long way he's grown a lot as a player and it just honestly it sucks um so yeah have you played in a game like this cj at any level that that got that bad if we're honest yes um my sophomore year at auburn we got absolutely destroyed by Alabama. didn't make it past the 50 so yeah i've been i've been in one um but that was a little different you know they were just a better team than we were when you caught your touchdown pass tonight 14-7 were you thinking okay here we go we're gonna be okay yeah i, I mean 100 i wouldn't have danced if <laughs> if i hadn't thought that honestly i would just handed the ball to the ref and ran off on the sideline um yeah i mean we, we drove the ball down the field and scored and I was like, all right, nice. Here we go. Um, this is what this is kind of the drive we needed to, to spark us, and um, we'll come back and you know we'll we'll continue scoring, and it just didn't happen. I find it hard to believe anybody's going to hold those guys to a low number. I mean, the opponent that beats them is going to have to play really well offensively, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, and I think I think the main thing is, um, you know, offensively, obviously they have a lot of weapons. We know that they're going to score and. I think that the way that we played offensively, it, it puts us at a disadvantage because it puts our special teams in a bind, and then it puts the defense in a bind because we're, you know, they're sometimes playing with a short field, or, um, you know, it's 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 tough. It's tough to to beat a team like that, any team honestly, but I mean, a team like that um, playing the way that we did offensively and hurting ourselves the way we did. All right, let's hear from two more Bengals. I'm trying to just give you because I'm not there. And uh, I want you guys to get as much perspective as you can. One player who you haven't heard from maybe ever on this podcast is Bobby Hart. 
And Dan Hoare talked with Bobby Hart on the Bengals postgame show on ESPN 1530. Here is Dan Hoard, the voice of the Bengals and Bengals right tackle Bobby Hart. We're in the locker room with Bengals offensive lineman Bobby Hart. Tough night, obviously. That's a great Kansas City team. They played well, and unfortunately you guys didn't. Yeah, um, you know, we just got to get back to the drawing board, you know, get back to, you know, the, the fundamentals and the things that, you know, we do when we're winning and just continue to, you know, just learn from, learn from this game. That's a great football team. That's definitely, you know, one of the top one of the top teams in the AFC. So, you know, shoot, we got to see that how we match up against them. So then we got to put our head down. We got a lot of work to do. Did you feel like things kind of spiraled once the ball got rolling for Kansas City? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily feel like it uh, spiraled. It's just, uh, you know, that's how football goes sometimes, man. You got to take the good with the bad. You got to roll with it. You can't let it get down. It's one week. You got to immediately shift your uh, focus to Tampa Bay and, you know, go into the bye week, you know, on a good note. Standing on the sideline, watching that Kansas City offense operate. I mean, I know you're also, you know, talking to the coaches and getting ready to go back out and do your thing, but did you glimpse enough to see, you know, an NFL offense that's operating at the, you know, peak level right now? Yeah. You know, you just hear the crowd noise and stuff and you happen to look up, they just... Everyone's moving everywhere. I mean, uh, you just tip your hat off to them, and you know you gotta, you gotta. You, you when you playing a team like that, you just gotta execute, and we did not execute today. So, like I said, it's back to the back to the drawing board, back to the fundamentals. He had a couple critical penalties that the offensive line did in general. Clint Bowling blocking the back. Alex Redman, I, I believe it was a hold on him. Um, Bobby Hart, some untimely false starts. That stuff has to get cleaned up, and it's magnified in a game like this with no margin, no room for error, and it's magnified even more when your offense is awful. Awful offense. Offense awful. I hate how well that goes together, and it certainly describes the Bengals' offense well tonight. The defense was zero better. It wasn't better at all. Zero better. That that sentence structure... That vocabulary I just used was better than the Bengals' defense earlier tonight. Here's Jesse Bates with Dan Hort after the game. That offense for Kansas City right now is operating about as well as an offense can function. What stood out to you? Um, I feel like we feel like we limited the the deep throws, uh, but somehow they they continue to execute their offense. Uh, they stay hot, like you just said, and um, you know it's just a bad day for us. Um, on, on the best day to, to kind of show everybody what we can do. And um, I felt like we didn't come to play. How difficult are Hunt and Hill in particular to tackle? Yeah, I mean, they that's something that we, we struggle with tonight. And uh, obviously those guys are, are pro bowlers and they're really good for a reason. So, um, you know, you just got to tackle and get better at it. You studied these guys. I know you anticipated the movement and the deception, but when you're out there competing against it, how hard is it to diagnose what they're doing? Um, like you said, with the motions and stuff, they they kind of they kind of hide it. I mean, they didn't run anything that we didn't practice all week. Um, but I mean, they they did it very well tonight, and they put up a lot of points. So uh, anytime you give up a give up 45 points, and uh, it's pretty hard to you know win the game. I can't imagine you've seen speed like that before. Yeah, uh, that was different speed than uh, I've never seen. But uh, you know, you, you, that's what I, that's what the experience is for. 
um, I'm just excited to get back next week. Going back home for Tampa Bay, you got to put this one uh, in the garbage can as quickly as you can, right? Yeah, I think um, this one's going to be hard to swallow just because uh, it's in front of everyone. Everyone was watching, and I think we we're excited to show people what we, what we can do. Um, and we didn't do that tonight. So, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, this week, uh, we got another opportunity next week to uh, go in to the bye week with a win and uh, you know, get this thing back rolling the right way. Jesse Bates is still my fangled, favorite uh, Bengals fangled. That, that might be a good word used, fangled. Uh, but favorite Bengals defender. He is. Had 12 tackles tonight. Flies around. Does everything that you ask him to and then some. And, uh yeah, unfortunately, I, I thought he was going to have a chance or two at an interception. Had one where he had a shot at it where he was diving and it hit William Jackson in the hands, um, but unable to haul that in. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Back at it tomorrow. Going to try to track down Joe Goodberry for our weekly Bengals film review. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And a quick reminder to subscribe. iTunes, leave us a five-star review, please do it it's great because you know why but when people search in itunes when they search Bengals, it's more likely that this podcast comes up and it's the only daily Bengals podcast out there and i want as many Bengals fans to know about us as possible you can also subscribe on google play spotify stitcher the iheart radio app and i will be posting plenty of written word about this team tomorrow at lockedonbengals.com every podcast posted there as well been great talking with you back at it tomorrow i am sorry uh to all of you who feel like they got stood up on a sunday night i know the feeling hopefully it'll get better next sunday i'm james rapine have a great night great morning have a great monday i'll be back at it heck later today it's almost 1 a.m it'll be well past 1 a.m when i get this posted but uh 1 a.m have a great monday back at it later today on the locked on bengals podcast Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.